Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, good evening, good evening. I'm so excited about tonight. This is the first Monday night of the month of February, and I am excited. On tonight, our speaker will be the one and only Dr. Serena Wright. I'm just excited to share that with you all. I know you all are excited to hear it. I'm waiting for Dr. Wright to let me know if she's doing Facebook Live also so we can further have the ministry shared on tonight with a Facebook audience as well as Blog Talk Radio. That is a cable uh, website, which is free, www, with, where it is free for you to subscribe, to enjoy, to listen, and to uh, share with family and friends. I want you all to know that this woman of God is awesome. She's always bringing forth a word that feeds our soul, that feeds our heart and mind, that gives us ears to burn because we're hearing the word as though we're hearing it for the first time. I thank God for this woman of God. I thank God for you all that's tuning in. So we're going to pray that you have ears to hear what the Lord is saying. We're going to pray that you have patience to wait. Those of us that are in him, uh, and we have to use it. We have to use those things She's on that the are air. available to us to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We welcome the Blog Talk audience. Thank you so much, uh, Minister uh, Renee. Thank you for that wonderful welcome. If you all would turn with us to the book of James, chapter 4, we're just going to look at the word of God. I have just been so compelled that we look at the word and we study to show ourselves approved. One thing that we always know is that the kingdom is advancing. The kingdom is advancing. Those that are kingdom are flourishing, are living in abundance, are living in the things that God has promised us, are living in joy unspeakable and full of his glory, are living in understanding, are living in the in the place where things are insightful and known, and all we're getting, we get understanding. We are those that are flourishing. The kingdom is always advancing. Listen, turn with me to the book of James, to all that deserve honor and recognition, we bestow that upon you. To all that love God, come on. If I would do anything, if I had any time to back up and do anything different in my life, if I were not saved, I would get saved. Let me tell you something. That's where their understanding is. That's where creativity and strategy and purpose and fulfillment and affirmation and abundance and your greatness is broken forth. You you are free from the collapse and the tension of those things that seek to hinder you, but free to flourish and do well. If I was not saved, I would get saved. I would get saved, show as today is today. If you have not come into the kingdom, come on, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, embrace that that God has done, that you would be redeemed and come over here to the side where things are always abundant. Turn with me to James chapter 4. Um, James chapter 4. I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. We're just going to share some ideas that we've been going through. We're really going to do some praying. You know, I was speaking with someone that um, that has like a doctorate, you know, that has studied the scripture as a textbook, right? They have uh, many degrees that they have earned from the Bible. And so I just was listening very attentively, very astutely, because I have never used the Bible as a textbook. I've spent most of my life in school, but I have not uh, used um, the the Bible as a textbook. And so to that end, um, when people say, you know, that they are going to tell me this and that thing about the Bible or they have studied it and they know this and that about the Bible, I just listen very intently because I have never used the Bible as a textbook. I've always used the Bible as a life guide. I've always used the Bible as a way 
to learn more about God, to fellowship with him, to understand who he is. And so um, people that have studied and used the Bible as a textbook, um, sometimes I just, you know, will listen to them share and appreciate um, how they have embraced the things of God different from how I have, right? Because I've never uh, viewed the scripture from that vantage point. And so to that end, um, I've got to start this over. My goodness, let me tell you something. (laughs) Oh, my. Listen, we are going to continue to do what we are doing. Do you know there is a place where you can decide that you will not be stopped? It is. There is a place where you can decide that you will not be stopped, that you will not be held back no matter what you have or haven't done, no matter what they have or haven't done or said or any such thing. You can live in a place of the undeniable. We can decide to rise up in the face when things are less than ideal, when our emotions are not lining up even with what we know they should be. Have you ever, am I the only person that has ever gotten more angry than I thought I should be? And I had to then reel my own emotions back into what I set as a standard for myself. Listen, we can make the decisions because sin no longer has dominion over us. We are the people of God that set, that are set to be those that live only under the king's dominion and the precepts of his dominion are written in his word. And so with that being said, in James chapter four, I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. We're going to read, we're going to espouse on some ideas that we have extracted from the scripture. And then we're going to pray and we're going to rinse and repeat. This, uh, chapter four of James, it says, what leads to strife, discord? And how do conflicts and quarrels and fighting originate among you? Do they not arise from your own sensual desires that are ever warring in your bodily members? He said you're jealous and you covet what others have and your desires go unfulfilled so you become murderers. To hate is to murder as far as your hearts are concerned. He goes on to say, he says, you burn with envy and anger and are not able to obtain the gratification or the contentment or the happiness that you seek. And so you fight in war and you don't have and you do not have because you do not ask. He says, and you do not have because you do not ask. And so to me, he punctuates in that second verse that they are longing, that they are lacking of something. All of those things that precede you do not have because you do not ask, he then sums up the way that I understand, the way that I'm reading it, is that there is a lacking. And that lacking, you're trying to satisfy some other way, but you don't have because you simply won't ask God. So let's go back and look at that again. He says, if you're striving, if you're feuding, always in conflict, if you're fighting, if you're quarreling, not only amongst one another, but within yourselves. He says, do you realize that that's coming from the inside of you? What, he, what, what, what struck me in verse one is that he says that it's an ever warring battle. He said, it's a desire that's ever warring. Do you recognize that there are some desires that are in this realm that cannot be met outside of God? Why would he say they're ever warring if they are satisfiable? They are ever warring. You, If people that are angry and they don't address what they're angry about, they get angrier. People that are jealous, that never become self-affirmed, they get jealous, sir. Oh, I'm making up words. Listen, you do you realize that there are some desires in the flesh realm? Not that this is sin, but, but just because I'm saying flesh, I'm trying to make this point. Just because I'm saying flesh, I'm talking about in in the in the fact that we are human, in the fact that we have human coverings over our spiritual beings, that there are some desires that are set in the flesh dimension that will ever war. They cannot be satisfied outside of God. He says you're jealous. 
So he speaks of striving, discord, feuds, jealousy, conflict, wobbles, um, a lack of fulfillment, discontentment, envy, right? And so if you think about what he's describing, if you make any two to five second scroll on social media, you will see one of those. You will see striving people that are arguing back and forth in the line in a retail store, people that go into store and grab parts of things and lawlessly leave without them. I mean, there's just chaos of all the nature that he mentions in verse one and verse two. He says that you are so at this point of trying to satisfy those things that I am telling you are unsatisfiable, he says that you become murderers. Because do we do because what I realize that James wants us to recognize is that these things have no bottom. I do not believe that he's only talking about the people in our various nations that have been found guilty of literally taking a human life. I want what I recognize that James wants us to understand is that if we don't get a hold of these these things that he describes in verse 1 and in verse 2a, that, that they will lead you to a hatred that makes you murderous, that there is no bottom to it, that it is self-sabotaging, there is no end to it, it's ever warring, it'll make you kill, uh, kill your own career, it'll make you kill your own home, you, you, it'll drive you to homelessness, it'll drive you to debauchery, it'll drive you to addiction, it'll drive you to, it, it'll murder your financial legacy because it has no bottom. He says, do you realize, and, and that's further punctuated over a little later in the verse, but if you study it out, what he, that is why he references as murder, because he's trying to bring out the point of how much the flesh cannot be satisfied, that it goes all the way to the point of killing a thing. It will kill a family structure. Do you know how many family structures have been murdered by lust? Do you know how many nuclear families have been serially killed by lust and perversion? Do you know how many children have lost their parents, have lost the security of home, the security that God had designed around a mother and father in the home because of these ever-warring, insatiable desires that reside among us. James is trying to get us to understand. He says the happiness and the contentment that you seek. Let's stop right there. See, what I believe sometimes we can do is that we can look at someone who has not read James and you have watched them kill their career and make, and become a drug addicted, or you watch them, you watch the lady next door kill her husband's love for her by having some illicit affair. You watch that person kill that thing, become a murderer, but assume that they were looking for something. Um, something that was of an ill intent, that their, in, that their initial intention was to destroy it. Let's go back. Sometimes when we see people that don't realize that this insatiability in the flesh has no bottom, and we watch them go to the end of it, we can assume that their intent at the beginning of it was to destroy it. But that's not true, because the Bible says the happiness you seek. My God, do you know how many times the adversary, because he's the most subtle one, has gotten into someone's lack of understanding, has gotten into their desires, has, has drove them so far into a craving that he did not tell them that, they, that what he was going to do by letting, them, by them letting him use their flesh was going to walk them to the murder of something that they actually wanted to see end well, that he was going to walk them to a complete discontentment even though they were seeking contentment then he never told them that he was going to walk them to addiction when they were actually seeking more 
more finances. He didn't tell them that he was going to walk them into a jail cell, even though they were seeking a better life. The adversary comes to use our ignorance against us, and James is pointing us to that. Because in the end of the second verse in the Amplified Bible, he says, and the happiness you seek. Because a lot of times, people of God, you end up in the worst places with the best intention. But do you know intention does not mean the adversary will not take advantage of your ignorance? Do you know that 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 father might really have been intending to help his secretary, but he did not realize his flesh was going to create an opportunity to indulge in something more than just a simple snow shovel. He see he didn't realize because he wasn't reading James, that that desire that maybe for whatever reason wasn't being met by his wife that day, that the, that the, his flesh would suggest he let his secretary satisfy it. He did not realize that that desire, that that lack of affirmation, that that discontentment, that that, that, that sorrow, that that disappointment, that that sense of exhaustion, that that sense of unfulfillment, that all of those things that have no bottom will only lead to the end of a thing that where that thing doesn't exist anymore. It'll lead you to murder, to murder the family. It'll lead you to murder your insight. It'll lead you to murder your understanding. It'll lead you to murder your wisdom because these desires, they continue to crave, they continue to speak, they continue to drive us. And the Bible wants us to know that the contentment that we're actually after, see, we get in the car where our flesh is driving, but our intention is to go somewhere well. Our intention is to go someplace whole. Our intention is to go someplace wholesome. Our intention is to go someplace noteworthy. Our intention was to go someplace and be seen as selfless. Our intention was to go someplace where we would be seen and affirmed because we always do good deeds. But if the origin of that of that intent is, is in, in your lack of fulfillment, in your lack of affirmation, in your lack of understanding who God has already made you, if that is what is driving you, the James wants us to know that drive has no bottom. It'll masquerade like it's going to take you somewhere well, but the Bible says it'll make you a murderer. It'll murder your own family structure. It'll murder your own career. It'll murder your own neighbor's children. You'll end up calling children names you never thought you called them because there is a place where the things that we are needing, we can only we get from God. The things that satisfy and pacify them in the earth realm never can satiate it, never can satisfy it. These are not my words. These are in the Bible. He's telling us out the gate, do not try to satisfy a lack of contentment at a casino. Do not try to satisfy low self-esteem by having sex outside of wedlock. Do because that lack of self-esteem will never be satisfied in this realm. But only when we get to God, only when we take that level of need, that level of urgency, that level of emptiness to God, do we ever have an opportunity for it to be satisfied? So let's look at verse 3. He says, well, he's at the end of verse 2, and he says, you don't have it. You still have what? The contentment you're seeking. See, you went out seeking contentment, and you ended up somewhere murdering something. You went out seeking affirmation, and you ended up murdering. You you went out seeking to be to be friendly, and you ended up being why? Because there is a, 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 a an unrecognized drive within you that is driving you outside of the place of wisdom. Haven't you ever seen uh, uh, someone that 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 tore their home up with with lust or or, or relationship out? side of their marriage and when you sit down and talk to them they said that that's not what that's not how it started 
that they'll always say, but that's not how it started. I was just going over there, taking her son to school because she was a single mom. I was just going there and, and, and going the extra route to the bank and dropping the money off at the bank because the, the manager had to hurry up and get get to pick up her child. That's not how it started. But see, James is telling us, he's saying, see, because there can be something that drives us into these places that we don't that we must recognize cannot be satisfied outside of God there is is a place down on the inside of you sir that no woman will ever be able to feel no raise no amount of money will ever be able to satisfy this place the bible says it's ever warring in your members the bible says it you've got to recognize there are some things that unless we humble ourselves we have no opportunity to satisfy them what we do give opportunity to do is for them to put us in a place of destroying something we cherish. What we do put ourselves at risk of is that they're putting us in a place of destroying something we love. But is there an opportunity for them to be satisfied outside of God? No, because they're ever warring inside of our members. It is a place that only God can satisfy. And so he goes on and he says, listen, he says, even he said, well, first of all, you don't have it, that sense of contentment, because you won't ask God. God is the only one that brings contentment. Do you know that's the inference? That contentment, satisfaction, that, that place where you're satiated on the inside only comes from God. And he says, you won't simply humble yourself and ask. Or, verse 33 says, if you do ask, you don't get it because you actually put an intention that's not wholesome in your request. See, you, so, so, so there are some that don't have any idea that God is the only one that brings contentment. And then there are some that know that God brings contentment, so they ask God as if he won't understand that they're only asking because they already know how the system works. But they won't rid themselves of their of their intention. They won't rid themselves of their agenda. He says, oh, because you fail, because you, you're asking with the wrong purpose. You're asking with a selfish motive. See, God's not going to satisfy the selfishness that is inherent in the flesh. He is the only satisfier of true, of true need, of the true need in us for him. He is the real satisfier of the true need in us for him. And so why are we saying all of this? because we just want to spread bad news. We just want to let everybody know that their flesh can't be satisfied absolutely and never. But what he does go on to say, he says, but don't you know in verse 5, he says that the spirit yearns over you. My God. He said the spirit, God is begging. He, he, he sits up at night just wishing you would come to him and let him take care of it. He, he, up yearning. Do, do you know the yearn? The word yearn infers a constant, a constant wanting for. He, he constantly wants you, sir. He constantly wants you to come so that he can settle that anger problem. He constantly wants you to come so he can resolve that that place of unforgiveness. He constantly wants you to come. See, there are some times where people have to forgive people because they they stepped on their toe and, and you know they just stepped on the, the edge of their shoe, but they're expensive shoes. But but some people have to forgive people that have hurt them deeply. They have to forgive um situations and systems in this world that have hurt them deeply. But don't you know that God yearns for you to come so mm. that he can satisfy it. He wants you to come, sir. He doesn't want you to live broken. He doesn't want you to live dismissed, feeling overlooked, like no one cares about the things that concern you. He doesn't want you to pull the pride of bravado and ego over the wound that is really in the deepest part of your soul. He says, but don't you know that the spirit yearns over you to welcome you with a jealous love. He's jealous that you are going to all of those different places and to all of those different people and won't come to him. He yearns for us people of God. He yearns for you, sis. 
You may not yeah. ever get him or her to under to explain it. You may not ever get that child to explain how could you ever. You but don't you know God yearns. His wanting for you is unending to come to him, not so that he can justify it. See, that's why it cannot have a motive that is selfish, but only that we come, that we might be filled by him in the places that only he can fill. We have to be able to recognize that this yearning is a place where he welcomes us into him, where he welcomes us into his spirit, where he wants to give us more and more of everything we need so that we can continue in a place of completeness. God is yearning for you, sir. He's yearning for you, sis. Let's not skip over that. Let's not take comfort in our anger. Let's not take comfort in our bitterness. Let's not take comfort in the sensual things, in the things of this world, in the gambling, in the addictions, in the overindulgences, in the excessiveness, in the anger, in the pride, in the hurt, in the retreat, in the unwillingness to engage with people because we've been hurt so much. God is calling for you, sir. He knows he's seen it all. He's yearning with a jealous love. He hates that you have decided to abandon your, to abandon who the very essence of who you are because of your pain as opposed to embracing the wonderfulness of who he is to satisfy my god he, he, he's yearning for you let us let us not be convinced that god cannot satisfy hallelujah it is there is no hurt that god cannot heal is it too hard for god is Anything too hard for God? We I don't I don't want us to talk about um, when your sister got more spaghetti than you. I want you to talk about that betrayal that ripped your heart to pieces, that loss of a family member that shattered your understanding of who God really was, and that that discrimination, that sexism, that that completely unfair systemic process that crippled you financially. I want to talk about some real life things that we can go through a real life God and know that nothing's too hard for God. We don't have to continue to sabotage ourselves, to sabotage our hearts, to feel disconnected and disengaged from the people that God has put us here to salt just because we have experienced the things of life that are unpredictable. God is ready. He's sitting on yearn, wanting and positioning himself to satisfy us in those very places. Do you know that there is, is very few people that can enjoy the fullness of people until they stop idolizing people? My God, you, you can't even enjoy people until your expectation of people is just that they be people. Lord have mercy. You cannot even enjoy people. You cannot even laugh at the, and, and, and appreciate their creativity and their resilience and their, their so you know it is so difficult to appreciate and love people until you have the only expectation of people that they be people. Oh my God, won't you let God be God today? You see the reason that you and your siblings are having such a so much contention is because somebody thinks their sibling is God. But don't you know there's nobody God but God? They, they, they can't answer. They can't answer that question. God gave you a mother and a father, but don't you know the reason that you all argue and bicker is because you're wanting them to be God and they're just people. They're mother people and, and father people. They're grandmother people and uncle people. They're neighbor people and boss people, supervisor people, manager people, judge people, but they're just people. Nobody can be God but God. And we are often found taking those yearnings that cannot be satisfied by people to people and being misled and being led astray and being led off but God is calling us to the room where he yearns for us where we are satisfied and we are set 
in place where we are content and built up in him so that we can go and continue in his dominion. People of God, he's yearning for us. Don't you let anything that has happened in your life, anything that you see on social media, any conversation that may become popular or go viral convince you that God's not yearning to satisfy and answer every question. He can take hard questions. He can take long questions. He can take 30-year questions. He can take they know they was wrong questions. He can take why did you let that happen to me questions. Why don't you let God satisfy you today? James is letting us know, listen, he's giving us the cheat code. He says they're not going to be able to satisfy it anyway. If you keep putting yourself in the place, being driven by your desires, that you're only going to end up somewhere murdering something you care about. We, God knows that your intention initially was to be happy. The intent was to gain contentment. The intention was to gain solace. The intention was to rectify your heart, to reconcile your heart to the things that happened. But do you know that in the flesh, those things cannot be met? In the fleshly desire, in the fleshly realm, it is not possible. Go to him. Fall on him. Go to the place where God dwells. Be drawn closer into his presence. That is where the questions are answered. That is where the satisfaction arises. That is where relationships are repaired. That is where we are set and often affirmed by the God that loves us so much. Let us pray. Father God, in the name that is above every name, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that God, according to James 4, that we recognize, God, that those places of discord and discontentment, quarreling, aggravation, God, those places where our, where our narratives are saying that we are dismissed and overlooked, that we're hated, and then we return to hatred, where we're exhausted and unfulfilled, our places that exist and are fed oftentimes in our bodily members and cannot be satisfied outside of your presence. God, that they are ever warring until we come to you and surrender, God, with humility to the God that yearns to answer us. And so for that, we thank you. God, in this season, we open our hearts with a new level of vulnerability. We will not use any of the pretentious covers up of this world. But God, we open up fully, even into the heartbreak that we think we cannot even utter. But God, we open it to you. We open up that place where we were mistreated. We open up that place where we were misunderstood. We open up that place where we don't understand. And God, we surrender. We surrender it to you, for we understand you yearn to satisfy us. You yearn to answer. You yearn to return as our God. God, in this moment, God, in this moment, God, we remove the idols that we have set in pain and trauma. We will not idolize and worship, God, those instances in our life over who you have been. We relinquish our right to be bitter, to be unforgiving, and we relinquish it in righteousness at the throne of God where you have promised that your yearning is there to fill us, and we receive it. God, we thank you for it. We give you praise, and we give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Woman of God, it's back to you. Amen, amen. God, we thank you for the woman of God on tonight. We knew that this word was going to be powerful. We knew that this word was going to be in depth. We knew that this word was going to set free. The enemy got so mad, he shut the Facebook down and would not let it come back up. God, we thank you for feeding us this word. Let us know how much it means to you for us because this word tonight said, you yearn for us. Oh, God, we, we are such in awe at what is what was exposed to us on tonight, that we have no excuse, not just for us to seek after you early, God, but to know that you seek after us. Oh, God, I thank you. 
the lines are open for anybody and everybody that want to say something on tonight. Please speak up now. The lines are open. Wow. 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 Dr. Wright. I was getting so caught up in emotionalism while you were speaking. And uh, my, 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 I said, God, I remember when you gave me something. And it wasn't too long ago. But then I came back and said, God, I thank you for this point in my life that you're giving me to pick, choose, and refuse. I said, so, God, I picked this. I said, but, God, not my will, your will be done. I said, this is what I choose, but what will give you the most glory? And I didn't get what I picked, but I got what gave him the most glory. And now that I... Once I did that, I let go the hurt. I let go all of the things that were bothering me, like you were preaching about the systemic uh, racism and institutionalism and so many things. And he said to me, now you do for them what you wanted done for you. And every time they say thank you, point them to me. Tell them that I answered their prayer. And I said, okay, God. So I was being human. Uh -uh. This is the human part of me. I came back and I said, okay, Lord, so how long do I have to stay here doing this? And he didn't answer. He didn't answer. But just to know that God will take that hurt place, he will take that that place that you were so disappointed in, and, and, and he'll use it to use you to help somebody else. And it'll be a part of your healing. And so I thank God for healing me. I thank God for the journey to wholeness by him saying, okay, Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. Or can you say it? And all I got to say is thank you, woman of God. Thank you, woman of God. Um, for this word on tonight. If it didn't help anybody else, and I'm sure it did, because it's going to help people in the archives, it's going to help people that are listening tonight on the World Wide Web, this word helped me. So I, I can't even get into telling you all of the things that your word, that God spoke to you on tonight, all of the areas that he tapped on and touched on and just, Reveal to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to listen to this word that you spoke on tonight over and over and over and over again just so that I can get the complete wholeness of what he's doing in my life. So thank you so much. Amen, amen. Thank you, woman of God. Is there anyone else who would like to speak on tonight? Dr. Wright, we thank you for just sharing. Thank you for the boldness with sharing the word that it it was broke down so plainly that it's everything and everybody was called out, whatever situation, whatever you could think of, whatever blame you want to blame for hurt or this or that. We just thank you for just wanting and allowing God to use you to let people know that there is a way. There is a way. If you want to say you couldn't find God, you seeked him, you sought him, you was looking for him, but then you got to understand, God has said he yearns for us. That is just burning at me. So if I didn't hear nothing else, I heard that. That God made me important enough that he yearns for me. Like you yearn for a sandwich or you yearn for your loved one or you yearn for whatever. God is yearning for me in that same ordeal, same way, same passion. I thank God for that. I'm going to ask again, is there anyone else who would like to speak at this time?
Okay, Lord. We thank you for the word on tonight. We thank you for the woman of God who took time out to allow herself to want to be used by you and who allowed herself to be used by you in such a marvelous and wonderful way. God, we thank you for Dr. Wright, who has written a book called The Last Prescription You'll Ever Need. You can get it off Amazon. She has other items and other projects she's working on that she will share with us in due time, due season. Hopefully later on after I finish giving my closing remarks, I thank God for this woman of God saying, we're going to start the first of the month off knowing the position that we are in in Christ, the position that we are in to know that someone's looking for me. Someone awesome and mighty and powerful is looking for me that gives life, that brings forth life, that causes me to live a holy life. It's looking for me. I thank God for this Monday night service at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Next Monday is our second Monday of the month, which will be serving Pastor Troy Thomas, who will be ministering from 8 p.m. Central Standard Time until 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, Eastern Standard Time, he will be on. So either one of those times, depending on the time zone you're in, that will be our program until God lets the uh, man of God surrender the night. If you come back on Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time for our Wisdom Wednesday, you would hear what God has put on my heart to just speak wisdom into us that lets us know that there is, it's okay to talk to God and wait for God to share some things with you because it may help you because that was the wisdom that God had given me for that day or for that week before or whatever it is that he's sharing with me that I would share with you all. If you come back on Friday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can hear what God has put in my mouth, Minister Sylvia Kaiser, to share with you all. If you come back Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can hear what God has put into the mouth and heart of our very own Apostle-elect, Dr. Cecilia Kaiser, who is also our overseer for Smile 3E, Iron Sharpening Iron. Please tune in. You can start your week off being blessed with another woman of God giving strong word that's soft enough that she can feed us to start our week off with letting us know what God has said. We want you all to know that this ministry stands on the foundational scripture of Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We want you to know that we love you and there's nothing you can do about it. If you would like to call a prayer line, you could call Pastor Linda Handy's prayer line at 605-313-4818, 605-313-4818, access code 647-147, 647-147. If you need another prayer line, you could call 605 313 4284, 605 313, 4284. Her access code is 528 0079. We thank you all again for taking the time out. You can go back and hear this in the archives of Smile 3E, Iron Sharpening Iron. So I would like to say, Dr. Wright, if you have anything else you would like to share with us about any upcoming events or any information about your first book, second book, the third book, whatever you got going on that God has opened your heart to, Please share with us now. 
Thank you so much, and I'm God. I um like um what you know we heard this stuff. I am so in awe of God's compassion and grace towards me, and have just wept um, almost wept the letters off of my life, um, gaining insight into God's journey for me, and uh, the woman of God mentioned, you know, a lot of times my places of contention and striving in the place where I was discontent, were places where God wanted me to be the one, wanted me to be the example I wanted. He wanted me to show up in the areas that were clearly lacking someone to show up. And so in a lot of times I would seek to to become resistant because that's not what I wanted to do. That's what he called me to do, and that's where I found the place of fulfillment, you know, yielding to what he had said to me and learning that he didn't just want to give me some deeply unwanted assignment, but that he wanted to bestow on me the grace of me after making to actually move through it. And so, like you all, I am just uh, so overwhelmed with the God. And I love him for that. Thank you for allowing me to talk about just the wonderful insight God has given me to help me repair and to heal uh, from some things that were uh, that I experienced and some things that I caused. Nonetheless, God didn't look at any of that, but just gave me the insight and wisdom to understand. And I wrote them in the book, The Last Prescription You'll Ever Need. And uh, as you mentioned, you can receive that on Amazon. I'm also starting uh, a book of a book lovers club. It's called Read and Write, R E A D and W R I G T. Read and Write. And um, <clears throat> in that, we're going to um, at least start by reading. We have our book list that we'll be getting started with in March because we know that. People perish for lack of knowledge. And, of course, um, what we're going to do is create an environment just to share ideas, to open conversations, um, to encourage people to journal and to write, write their experience. Many um, memoirs or uh, many even what we consider to be self-help books are really birthed out of people digging into issues and things that they didn't understand in many areas of and then, you know, pinning it into what we know now as books so that that truth, that revelation, that insight can remain even when that person is long, no longer here. And so we're encouraging all things books will be reading from March all the way through the end of the year. And the book list is there. You know, admittedly, I still have uh, still order paper books. <laughs> you can definitely order um, Kindle versions or uh, or um, ebook versions of most of them on Amazon. I did leave the link in one of the comments. So it's read, R-E-A-D, and write, W-R-E-H-D, read. And so if you're interested in any of that, please join us, the Facebook group. Um, I probably will likely also link it to the YouTube, which I haven't done as yet, but you definitely can join um, <clears throat> on Facebook. And we will then begin to post the days where we'll discuss those, you know, the book of the month. We can open up, you know, strong um, knowledge-based conversations, you know, share some ideas, some experiences, and help each other move forward. Anyone is interested, please don't hesitate to go on to Facebook to read and write and join our book club. But other than that, woman of God, that was back to you. Thank you so much for that information, and we look forward to the YouTube information that's coming. Father God, we ask you to give us sweet rest on tonight as we rest in knowing that the book of James, the fourth chapter, starts off telling us how much you love us. God, we thank you with knowing that we have the opportunity to read it for ourselves, to meditate on it day and night, to just go 
and read this word and just pray and ask you for understanding, to read this word and pray and ask you for, teach us how to apply this word to our lives, knowing that there is a solution to reaching you because you're looking for us. God, we thank you that we can share your word with others in person, on the Internet, on replay, on live. God, just the fact that we can share your word, God, we thank you for that. God, we thank you for the opportunity to join together to receive on tonight that as we receive and respond, we let the word out that other people will receive and get a chance to respond to your will, O oh God. We thank you for being set free with your word on tonight, more knowledge than we had before of knowing to the extent and the distance that you have reached out for us. God, we just want to rest in that, meditate on, on that in our sleep, God. Have your angels minister to that in our spirit, O oh Lord, that we won't forget it. We will hide it in our hearts, O oh God. And we hold it and we hold it dear to us, oh God. God, we just thank you. Keep an eye on the woman of God. Keep an eye on Smile 3E, Iron Sharpening Iron, every partaker of Smile 3E, past, present, and due to come. God, we just thank you for the opportunity to be a part of a great ministry team. God, when we know not what to ask, when we know not what to say, when we know not what to do, God, we just give it to you and say, your will, oh God, your will, your way. God, have your way, have your way, have your way, oh God. Let that word fall on tonight. Strong word, but it was a loving word that has pierced the heart of the people, oh God. And God, if we don't say anything, we say we receive it. Give us ears to hear what was said on tonight. A heart to receive, a mind to meditate. Ah, God, I thank you. And eyes to reach a word that we can see it for ourselves and then make a reaction to the actions of the word that we receive. God, cover every heart, cover every house, cover every family member. God, cover our finances, cover our health. For, God, we know that nobody but you all things are possible with you, oh, God. No matter what the enemy say, God, we say what you say, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray this prayer, and that's it. That's all for tonight. Amen. Good night, everyone.